Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we are from MindRobber.net, the home side of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about uh, all of the things on podcasts. Uh, this one, The Doctor's Companion, that's where we talk about Doctor Who. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about everything that isn't Doctor Who, then you should listen to The Mind Robbers, our flagship podcast. Uh, and if you like our shows, please review them because that helps us out. If you don't, please, please don't. Just don't. Just stay away from <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> if you have questions, comments, concerns, or any of those bad reviews that you, you might have, you can just set, go ahead and just send those to us personally at podcast at mindrobert.net. And uh, if you want to start a discussion, you can add it to the comments so everyone can know what you're thinking. But here's the thing about reviews, guys. You're reviewing the show, not reviewing our opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's how yeah. reviews work. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know that, but you're reviewing the quality of the show, not our opinions of what we're reviewing. This is a review show. We're going to review the things. Sometimes it's not going to be positive. You guys just need to get over it. <laughs> I'm just sorry. No one's, no one's making you listen. I'm sorry if you disagree with us. I really am. Believe me, I kind of wish I agreed with you. It's unfortunate. It if really you want to hear somebody gush about Doctor Who, go to a Doctor Who convention or any comic book convention for that matter. Or go uh, listen to the thousands of other Doctor Who podcasts out there who are not critical whatsoever about the show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 No, that's so. Fine. There's yeah, lots no, of other yeah. options out there for you. Yeah. And I, oh, and uh, to those who think that we don't like whimsy, uh, we love Dalton the Bannerman. So, back off. Yeah, Just back I know. off. I <laughs> nothing, know. nothing is more whimsical than Delta and the Bannerman. I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> nothing in the whole wide world of Doctor Who, nothing is more whimsical short of the One Doctor. I swear to you. <laughs> so it's okay. It's okay. Uh, all right, so today we are talking about The Power of Three, which is the fourth and penultimate episode of this chunk of New Who that we're getting. Um, we are uh, marching toward the end of the ponds. And, uh, yeah, so uh, this, was the, this was the second episode this season written by Chris Chibnall. Um, I'm sure we have lots of thoughts. I know I have lots of thoughts. Uh, so I don't know. Is there a background of significance or anything like that? We no, should be talking. Not, that not I really. Know of. Right. Those all come out after the fact. They keep it very under lock and key until then. Yeah. So. Um, so, uh, what did you think overall? Um, well, uh, the weird thing is that, and I mean, I know the, I know kind of your thoughts. At least I know your thoughts the first time I watched it. Um, or the first time you watched it. Uh, and I, I've talked to a bunch of other people and all their thoughts were the same. This was a, this was the best 30 minutes of Doctor Who this season. Uh, the best 30 minutes. And then 10 minutes of rubbish? Mm-hmm. Rubbish. Um, uh, and I really liked it. Like the first time I watched it, I was I was enthralled. I was absolutely on board. I was absolutely enthralled. And then I got to like the last, like literally, and I paid attention this time. It is the last ten minutes where this thing flies off the rails harder than anything I've ever seen in my life. Short of like uh, Creature from the Pit. I'm sorry, Creature from the Pit throws off the rails as much as this um where like you get to the fourth episode of creature from the pit and it just completely just jumps the track and just has the most spectacular crash you've ever seen in your life um so i 
I really liked it the first time. This time, I found myself a little more reticent and a little less praising of it. I find that um, I find that the stuff that I like, I like a little bit less, knowing where it's going, and the stuff that uh, that drags it down really drags it down. I was ready to say that this was the best episode of this season so far, and now I think that it's. It's up there, but uh, I'm just going to say it. I think Chibnall's a problem, and I think St- uh, Moffat working with Chibnall is a problem, uh, as we'll talk about as we go through. But that's where I am. I, I, I do like it. I do think it's a it's a good installment and one that I could definitely rewatch again and again. Um, but I def- there are some – it's really just a death by a thousand tiny cuts. It's amazing. So Yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Um, uh, my, my, my general thoughts – Okay, do you remember when uh, we 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 had a sort of a running joke around the time uh, that Dinos was on a spaceship where it was announced, and we saw the trailer for it, and we knew that Chris Chibnall was writing it, and you said, you know, uh, Chris Chibnall tries to ape Moffat fails, goes too far. <laughs> yeah, goes too far. Right, <laughs> tries to ape Moffat, goes too far. And then we were like talking about the power of three, and we were like, "Ha! Huh, it'll be like, um, uh, what was the the writer for Girl Who Waited?" Right, Tom McRae. Tom McRae tries to be Tom. Uh, Chris Chibnall tries to be Tom McRae, goes too far. But we didn't know anything about the episode yet. Um, we just assumed because it was about like cubes, and it just seemed like weird and kind of. Uh, I don't I, techie isn't the right word, but you guys know what I mean. Um, it felt it it felt girl who waited ask, and yes. so we, that's what we that's where our brains went. Now that I've seen the power of three, the headline is actually Chris Chibnall. <laughs> Chris Ch- after failing to be Moffat, <laughs> Chris Chibnall attempts to be Russell T Davies fails <laughs> this was this was the russell this this was chris chimnall trying to be russell t davies yes absolutely that's absolutely. what this was without a doubt like i was watching this the second time and i was just like oh my god this is a russell t davies episode in the moffat era this is the weirdest thing yes. like it's it's like it was almost like um trying to prove that what everyone has been saying or, or what his biggest critics have been saying is that like, you know, Moffat is so into like prophecies and science and weird timey wimey things that he hasn't been focusing on what Russell T Davies is big, uh, big to do when he took over the show, which is, I want to focus on, on the companion, make the companion, the main character, uh, and and give them like a family and all of this backstory and give them all of these things to do and make them really interesting. And we didn't see any of that with Moffat's Doctor Who. Like with Moffat's Doctor Who, the main character is the Doctor and he has a companion that is just kind of there. Um, and doesn't really have a grander arc outside of uh, being fit into the plot of the show. Yeah. Um, it's not, there's no like grand emotional arc for the character. And I feel like this was almost him and Chris Chibnall getting together and just being like, let's do a Russell T Davies episode and show people how weird it, it would feel in my version of the show <laughs> because it does feel really strange. Mm hmm. It just feels very out of place, but I couldn't I couldn't shake that the whole time. Like watching it the first time, I was really entertained but felt oddly at home and comfortable in the episode despite it being really strange. And I think watching the second time made me realize that's what this was. Chris Chimnall tried to be Moffat and is now trying to be Russell T Davies and it it was just in, Russell T Davies including all of the all of the the crazy character stuff and the and the crazy family people and and friends and work and all of that stuff and the weird Deus Ex Machina ending. 
Yes, and the and the um and the box face people was like yep. real Davies. Like that was oh, really yeah. Davies. The 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 nefarious plot felt like completely Davies and oh the, yeah, um, and and even the even the the uh, the widespread like pop culture of the of the invasion, like yeah, the, the pop culture nature of the invasion. Yeah, the world itself, like the world is the world was in this episode in a way that it hasn't been since um. End, End of, of time. time? Yeah. yeah. So, or, or, I mean, there was kind of there in 11th hour, there was an element of it, but, like, there was newscasts in this one. Like, I, I hadn't realized how long it's been since we did newscasts. I mean, there was there was a little newscast in um, Wedding with River Song, but that had Meredith Vieira in it, which, I mean, because that's news. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, like, and, like, that, I mean, it's also jarring, and I think that it's really interesting that you say that because I, I kind of thought the same thing. Like it did feel very much like a Davies era story, and it and that's why like coming back to it, I was like, oh my god, this is so like the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is just what I want from Doctor Who. And like the the weird thing is like what Moffat needs at this point in time with the Mo- with the with the pawns leaving in the next episode because uh, spoiler, they're leaving in the next episode, I guess. Um, what 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 Moffat needs at this moment in time with the pawns leaving is he needs the Davies focus on character, so he gets someone who apes the style. But unfortunately, what I think that Chibnall does that's really hurtful to it is that Chibnall can capture and we see it in dinosaurs Chibnall can capture the spirit of a thing like he can capture the the beats and moments but when it comes down to it everything is so hollow that it doesn't ring true which is yep. interesting and worth discussing as we will in just a minute so yeah yeah so I mean overall I I, I do really enjoy like 80% of it oh yeah so I mean that's kind of where I am. Like, like, like the the eighty percent that I like is probably some of the strongest. It probably would be the strongest of the season if it was that eighty percent. And, and if that eighty percent was like evenly dispersed throughout the episode and not completely sandbagged by the fact that the twenty percent that is not good is the thing that you're left with. Yeah. Because you're left with such a sour taste in your mouth. I've never been left with such a sour taste in my mouth so hard from an episode. Yeah. Never. It starts it starts with the with the uh the uh crash cart disco dance and then it just it and it continues all the way through to the power of three. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll have to talk about that. Uh, before we continue, though, this is a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. Purchase our book of the month, Wednesday Comics, which features story by lots of people, including Neil Gaiman, who, of, co- of course, wrote The Doctor's Wife. Um, and you can get it for twenty nine ninety nine, which is 40% off the suggested retail price of forty nine ninety nine. It's gigantic, this thing. I'm trying to read it. It's next to my bed, and it's just obnoxious. Yeah, I've started reading it while standing up. Like, that's basically where it is. Yeah. You need a podium to read this thing. <laughs> I've, I've, I've chosen an easel, honestly. Like, I just put it up <laughs> on my easel where I paint. And um... uh, Could you imagine buying the original art from this book? Uh, no. Like no. a page of original art from that? No. I, I, have, a, I have a mirror that's, a flo- that's like a floor mirror. Uh, I think I would just break the glass and just shove the original art in there. I think that's what I would do. <laughs> uh, so uh, so order that and order some other things. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So order lots of things. Thanks to InStockTrades.com. Okay, so um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the awful bookend narration? Because it's awful. And no, no, I think what we should do is talk about all the things we like and see how long it takes us to get to things we don't just like okay. this episode. <laughs> like, I, I believe that I believe that uh, form dictates structure or whatever. That's OK, <laughs> I do. Or content dictates uh, form, I think is the phrase. I don't remember, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so right off the bat, watching it the second time. Um, narration excluded. The opening of this feels like Rose. Yeah. Like with the alarm clock and the and the whole like look how boring our lives are and like it just that's it felt like Rose to me. 
Uh, yes. It, it, it was it was really. And in fact, this is kind of structured a lot like Rose. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, I love, I really loved all of the stuff on earth. Um, yes. everything that was on earth, uh, I really, really liked a lot and it did really, really remind me of Russell T Davies and, yeah. and Hey, you know, uh, they gave Rory's dad a little bit more to do this time <laughs> instead of, uh, instead of, uh, making jokes about his balls this time he, uh, he actually got to watch something for a year and just sit there. <laughs> Which, um, logic problem, I'm going to say. <laughs> logic, like when they just leave him in the TARDIS and they're like, it's been seven days. And he's like, oh, time flies. And I'm like, you would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I could not handle that. I couldn't yeah. do it. It was like it was like wow. Um, he, so he didn't starve to death. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't he didn't thirst to death. So that's really good. And he clearly hasn't slept. So yeah, that that happened. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I think that like it's a testament to how starved I am to see the pawns not be elements of the plot to see them de- developed as characters to see them acting like people that I would be more than happy to say or I would be more than happy to have watched an entire season of this um maybe not a whole season but like if these 5 episodes had rather been pond centric rather than doctor centric because they've been very doctor centric um I think that would have been a lot stronger um, I think that would have been something that I would have liked more. And, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, this whole thing is, like, it's the year of the slow invasion. Like, for one thing, the year of the slow invasion is just a Russell T. Davies plot as is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, you mentioned Torchwood in the first episode. In the fifth episode, you have a, um, you know, the, the alien spaceship. And, like, if they had done that, that would have been so much more interesting. But instead, we blow through... So much content, like, and you just get, like, glimpses and pieces of their lives in ways where it's like, I just, I mean, I wish there was more. I mean, I'm, (laughs) beggars, I mean, beggars can't be choosers, I I have to go for this, Um, and I, and I, I glom onto this like it's, like it's candy, but I can't, I have to just, I have to say, like, I, I, I I wish there was, I wish they had done this more. Like, and it's Mm -hmm. like, and, and it, and it's almost shrewd at this point, because, I can't decide if it's made as a criticism or made as a, oh, let's just do this. Uh, like, you know, if it was a, um, if this, if this, if this compressing of the pond's year into one episode was like a criticism of, uh, of the, of the, uh, of the Davies approach, or if it was like a, oh, this is something that we really think is cool and really like to do. I mean, th- logic dictates that it was the oh this is really cool sort of thing but at the but it also comes off as fairly critical because you're not given anywhere near what you want it to like even within the the month skips you're skipping over two months instead of just one um which is which is insane uh and i'm curious i'm curious if it if it is that but like what it is is quite good um really really good um Mm -hmm. and lovely 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 yeah, I, I, and I really, uh, I, I like all that. Um, I never, I do have a problem with because the episode is so short because it's only a one part story, um, which I do think hurts this a lot, uh, because it feels like the box is starting to move should almost be the end of part one or or. Or when they start doing crazy stuff should be the end of part one. And then that gives you a whole episode to make flesh all that out and give a good reason and everything rather than whatever they did at the end. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like this probably could have easily been two episodes and probably should have been. Um, but I just – I, I but and that's the thing is like I liked all that stuff but I never got a sense that it had been a year that these things had been around. Mhm. Because the episode's so short, I just 
it just didn't it never felt like a whole year to me like they can tell me that the date's changing but i don't feel any time changing i guess yeah as an audience member you know Mm -hmm. and 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 the thing is that um you know, they make a big deal where it's like, you know, the, the, the boxes start invading in like July, right? They start invading in July. Mm-hmm. And they, so they invade in July and it goes till next July. By the time you hit December, which I mean is, is you know, far away. It's like five months. Everyone's pretty much forgotten about the boxes. Like there's not even any sort of mention of them and they're not really relevant anymore. Um, and it's like, and it's like, okay, well... You can tell me that this time has passed, but, like, people just forget. I don't see why it takes a year for you to activate the boxes. Just throw them down and have it happen. Um, now I feel myself going into, like, the critique because I've already – I'm already just seeing all the crazy uh, plot holes that this story has. Um, yeah. I loved all of the classic Who callbacks. Yeah. Definitely. They were a lot, and they were all very well done. Um, the one thing that I will say though, okay, like I, I loved the, uh, I loved the tin dog callback with K9. That was good. Um, I like, I loved the Zygon gag. That was hysterical. That was brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, so, so good. And I love Kate Stewart and I, I just, what a wasted opportunity for a phenomenal, phenomenal companion. Yeah. Like, could you imagine that, like, they announced that Kate Stewart, Brigadier's daughter, is going to be the next companion. And her reasoning for it is, like, well, my father always told me how regretful he was that he never traveled with you. Yeah. And so I'm doing it in his honor. Oh! Oh! Oh, God! Would have loved that. (laughs) The... <laughs> oh, it would have been great. And the Kate Stewart callback was really, really, really smart, especially because, like, it was one of those really clever things that you don't figure out right away. And why the hell didn't you? Because um, it's mm-hmm. so obvious. But it they made it work really well. And she was the actress was really good. And they made I mean, she did a lot with a, with very little because, again, the process is so rushed. Like, she doesn't really enter. She has a scene early on, but she doesn't really enter the story until almost halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just like it's just like you just introduced a cool concept and threw it away like every other episode this season. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. but you're right. And the the Zygon joke was genius. Um, I love the, I, I love I loved that. But I also I also loved the um, the glimpse of of adventures that they're having. I mean, I'm really sick and tired of the never ending marriages that seem to be happening happening across time and space. Um, like. <laughs> A lot of people are getting married, apparently. A lot of people. Like, how many people has the Doctor gotten married to at this point? And Amy got married to King Henry the, Henry the Eighth, which is nuts. Um, but like the, I I almost feel like at this point that um that these glimpses, like the glimpse of what the Doctor and the Pawns are doing and how they keep going on these Peter Pan adventures, was so wonderful. Like it, it was it was such a nice taste in ways that I feel like. The Moffat era is is eternally, especially with these forty five minute episodes, always stranding me in the middle of not enough and too much. Um, and and this was just a perfect amount of you know you see them running around that room and you know that you're not getting anything else because they're just gonna cut away in a minute. But that's fine. It's just a glimpse into their adventures, and that's that's more than enough. And I think that that was one of the best things about this episode was that and the Silurian joke. I mean it is really hard to make me laugh um like it, with by doing two scenes back to back like that and that joke was so well executed like oh it was my god so well executed <laughs> <laughs> oh excellent excellent yes yes minor nitpick minor nitpick i feel like when chris chibnall wrote the line uh, the Earth is being invaded by by tiny little cubes. He envisioned the cubes to be a lot smaller than what they were, because <laughs> I noticed it this time. I was just like, "That's not that small." Like, come on, <laughs> they're like the size of Rubik's cubes. That's not exactly small. I mean, that's it's like fist sized. 
you can you can palm it, but you there's no way you can like just clasp it in your hand. You know, yeah, like, you can't just like wrap your fist around it. Like we could change that one line of dialogue to better describe <laughs> the thing that he's holding in his hand. I don't no, know. No, script editing's too hard. Remember? It's oh just too God! Hard. <laughs> don't get me started on that. But no, the cubes themselves, like, that's the thing that really struck me. That's the thing I, like, almost, after the, after the, um, the character work, which, again, thank God, um, the cube <laughs> stuff was just classic Doctor Who in a way that I feel like I haven't gotten recently. Um, it's, the Moffat era, I mean, those who think I complain too much, I'm giving you insight constantly into what I believe. Um, but the Moffat era, I feel, has constantly been pushing the show into a direction that is very sci- science fiction, which is not a bad thing, I think. But the, it, but by throwing money at the screen and throwing money at your problems, the Moffat era can be very lazy at times. It can be... It can lack innovation. It can lack um, the ability to make things, you know, work. The reason that the Autons work in Spearhead from Space, which is the third, do- the first Third Doctor story, it's the introduction of the Autons, which you might remember are the mannequins, is because, you know, you have to come up with an alien invasion that is tremendously cheap to shoot. And Autons, you know, you just do a couple of wax faces and you've got Autons. It's a very cheap solution. And the black box invasion is is a brilliant concept. Like, you can't, you can't. I cannot stress enough how impressed I was with the concept of the of the small black boxes invading the Earth slowly and taking a year to do it. Like that to me was so genius. It was mm-hmm. remarkably clever, and it was and it was like it was Doctor Who in a way that I haven't felt recently. I mean, Toby yeah. Winhouse notwithstanding. Um, well, and that's the thing though. When you give. Uh, when you when you reduce a bud- budget, okay. When you when you expand a budget, you know the creatives in control go nuts because they can do anything they want. But if you if you withhold their budget and you don't and you make them think of creative solutions, well, what what have we gotten out of that from Moffat? We got <laughs> Blink. Blink was a cheap episode. Mm-hmm. Cheap. <laughs> and it was one of the best of the series. Yeah. And it was super cheap. So, yeah. like, I just, I feel like he should be challenging himself more rather than them just throwing money at all their problems. Yeah. Because uh, you're right. I, it's I, making them lazy. Like, yeah. and Blink, at, is, Blink is the result of Moffat thinking for yeah. longer than, than it takes him to write a first draft. Hell, I'll, I'll one-up you. Cheaper than Blink, Big Bang. The Big Bang is, like, the cheapest Moffat episode I've ever seen. It is, yeah. like, you look at that episode, and that episode cost nothing to shoot. You can tell that they ran out of money. Hell, The Lodger is the same way. The yeah. Lodger costs no money whatsoever. Um, God, and it's I one of those things. Uh, the Lodger's great. It's so, 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 so great. <laughs> I but missed Series of- 5, you guys. <laughs> yeah, that was Series 5. And, like, think about it. What was cheap in Season 6? Like, there was nothing that was cheap in Season 6. I mean, Closing Time probably was cheap, and they probably threw it in because they needed something cheap at the end. Mm-hmm. But th- that's it. Everything else you're throwing prom- money is at the problems. I mean, I'm sure Let's Kill Hitler also was probably pretty cheap, but um, even then you still have... Yeah, period being- clothing. Yeah, it was, and it was still big and splashy, and it still had tons of stuff going on. Yeah. And like, and like here, like the Moffat's like we're doing big, big blockbuster action and making it bigger and more exciting. Um, and you don't feel there's no constraint, there's no anything. Like he says, let's do Asylum of the Daleks, and there's nothing like there's nothing cheap about it, and it and it looks good and it looks pretty, but you're you're getting yes men, and and the thing is that I don't think Moffat ever really honestly has had his his back to the wall enough for him to really appreciate it like compare compare it here to um to the avengers like the avengers i think i mean there's a lot you can say about the avengers but the thing about the avengers that's really remarkable to me is that joss whedon fought for the budget that he got for that movie that movie probably cost 250 270 million dollars it was a really expensive movie but you see it on screen like you see Mm -hmm. every dollar of that movie thrown at the screen and thrown to make something that's big and spectacle and Joss Whedon earns that money compare it to something that you know was like Dark Shadows is a great example Dark Shadows comes out a week after the Avengers Dark Shadows costs like 210 million dollars to make and why did you like do you see that money on the screen no not really and 
that restraint really helps you go into really interesting places. Like, look at season one of Doctor Who, the Russell T. Davies season. They blew all of their money on the second episode. Like, the second episode of that show, is, or that season, is so expensive that they have no money for the rest of the season. And after that, you get, like, Boomtown, you get Dalek, you get mm-hmm. Father's Day, um, all of which I really love. Mm-hmm. And th- that's great. Like, that, that it means that Davies... Davies really appreciated his budget. He really, like, he did push for things to be more expensive, but I don't feel like he ever wasted his money. Like, compare, <laughs> again, uh, go back to the last Chibnall episode. Why were there, where was there that beach? Like, that beach is such a flagrant waste of money. Um, and, like, here, it's so restrained and so remarkable. And I have, I mean, the boxes, it's genius. It's so brilliant. It's just classic Doctor Who because Doctor Who just, it doesn't have a huge budget. If you have Doctor Who with a huge budget, I I'm, I'm, I really believe that it's kind of stops being Doctor Who. I mean, the Hinchcliffe Holmes era had a lot of money. I'm sorry, I'm talking. The Hinchcliffe Holmes era had a lot of money, but, you know, they really made good use of it. Um, And I feel like Doctor Who really needs some restraint on it to come up with really clever ways of doing stuff. Um, and that's really lost, and that's kind of sad. Um, and and uh, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's especially a bummer when you have this episode that's really going in the right direction. You're just like, they're really making a cheap episode with a cool concept. This is great. And then you see where all the money went. And the whole episode just plummets in quality. Yeah. yeah. Plummets. Yeah. Uh, so can we just start with the with the fact that, like, the editing in this episode, not great. Um, no, not great. Not great. Especially in the elevator sequence when, for some reason, no idea where the logic comes from. For some reason, Rory thinks, oh, I should touch this wall behind me because it's probably not real. (laughs) We don't know why. The door is closed. He was looking in the opposite direction. And then suddenly he's looking at the door like it like it snuck up and bit him. (laughs) I yeah, yeah, bad editing. Bad. There was like there. It looked like there was like two missing shots. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything in the last 10 minutes felt like there was missing shots. Like, all the stuff on the spaceship was so, like, was so slopped together. Like, really slopped together with Amy and Rory take Brian away. And there's no, like, hint of that. (laughs) Isn't that it it for him? No, no, no. no. He comes back at the very end. Okay. Yeah, he comes back at the very end. Like, they, they push him out in that gurney, which, I mean, we'll talk about that gurney. I have a big old rant. Um, and then they come back and, and they're just like randomly there and it's like poorly blocked. Everything on the spaceship was poorly blocked and poorly put together. I mean, I think that Douglas McKinnon did some good work here, but I also think that there were some real problems. I thought his Um, direction was terrible. Really? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially at the beginning, like there were, there were parts like when the invasion first happens and it does that weird, like quick pan to people. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like that was just a weird, bad, tacky choice. Hmm. Um, yeah. As a director, like I just, I I just don't know what he thought he was making. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like his, he didn't have a defined enough style or something like, yeah. He was kind of just all over the place. Like he didn't know what he was doing. Is he directing the next episode? Who's directing? Angels. Nick Hearn's on the next episode. Okay. Is, we love Nick Hearn. He did the God Complex. Um, okay. The girl, excellent. Yeah, yeah. And the girl who waited and Asylum of the Daleks. He's good. He's good. Okay. Excellent. And excellent. he won't be around anymore because that no directors stick around here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Douglas McKinnon will be working on something in the back half of the season. He's apparently directing a Gatiss episode. So that's something to look forward to. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, better him on that than something I'm going to enjoy. Oh! <laughs> oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're not wrong. And, like, uh, it, I mean, I think that, I don't know, I don't think I don't think the direction was necessarily so bad, but I think that, McKin- like, what McKinnon did here was emblematic of the same thing, where it's like, 
Chimnall, I feel, doesn't have a very refined style, and that's why he's able to ape things so well. But my problem with dinosaurs was that dinosaurs aped the Moffat era, but it had none of the, like, <laughs> like, it had none of, like, the cleverness that Moffat has. It had none of, like, the, almost the heart that Moffat can have at times. And I feel like this here, like, this felt like, like, I don't want to say cynical. You know what it was? You know what it was? With dinosaurs on the spaceship, it was trying so, so hard to be whimsical, but it was hollow whimsy. I don't like hollow whimsy. (laughs) Take that, iTunes reviewers. (laughs) It was fake. It was false whimsy. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what I come at here is that nothing, everything here is actually very hollow, um, mm-hmm. especially when you get to the ending, when it all falls apart. The reason that the whole invasion falls apart is because this, this is about as generic as you can possibly get. Um, like where it's like you have an alien spaceship and the alien spaceship is really pissed at humanity and wants to kill humanity because humanity is like, it will eventually colonize the stars. And the doctor's like, I'm going to stop you and gives another one of those, um, like generic, you got to believe in humanity because humanity is my favorite adopted species, like, like, um, uh, speeches. And and I mean I I don't mind those speeches when they're earned, but this was just like. Well, I think it's I, I'm beginning to think that it's sort of just Matt Smith's thing. Like it's his trait. It's it's become his one of his many 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 isms that he does. Uh, is that he kind of takes himself too seriously. In dramatic sure. moments, you sure. know. And I feel like it was it, they were just trying to go for another one of those because I mean they did it earlier when the box started floating around, yeah, um, where he quoted his own speech. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> before getting upset that it didn't do anything, um, but but I so I feel like that's just sort of like his thing, and I just kind of ignore it now when it happens because it it happens in like every other episode. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like that's what they're doing, but they're not, they're not hanging a lantern on it. Um, and, and by not hanging a lantern on it, it just feels kind of hacky. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like the, everything about the last 10 minutes of this just feels totally hacky. Like it's just so generic Doctor Who. It's so, so generic. There's nothing. Really, I think, really, I think from the moment when you realize that the box opens, it's it's when the box opens that the whole episode falls apart. You think so? Because yeah, because the second the box opens, you can just feel Chris Chibnall scrambling for something to happen, and his <laughs> idea is let's give everyone heart attacks. That's about the least interesting thing that you could do. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, uh, you can't say any, you can't do any of the things that you said you 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 said could be in the box. But there's got to be something you could have done, something that wasn't give everybody a heart attack because it's just inherently not dramatic. Because yeah. you're not actually seeing anyone have a heart attack. You are watching a video feed of people falling down. Yeah. What what you could do, I think, instead is have all of the little boxes have tiny laser cannons in it that just happen to go around and just kill everybody. Um, yeah. I think that, that well, would be... even even if you did even if you did the heart attack thing, okay, it would have been way more interesting if you do the heart attack thing or or the or it stops their hearts. I guess it wasn't really a heart attack; it just stops their heart. Mm-hmm. So everybody on Earth. Their heart stops, and the only person who's left a- a- alive is the doctor because he's got two of them. Yes. And so he has to single-handedly save the planet. Mm-hmm. That is I- – I would have almost forgiven the deus ex machina ending if the stakes had been risen that high. Yeah. Because at least it would have been more dramatic – to have the doctor get up there and we wouldn't have had the stupid disco dance. 
Well, yeah, you're you're not wrong, and I mean that's the other that's I I think that's also kind of the other reason that it that it kind of fails. I mean, it's the Iron Man problem. I mean, the third act of this, <laughs> there's no thematic anything to it. it right. Thematically, the ending, the ending, they quote unquote get away, which and by get away, I'm, which I'm putting in air quotes while recording. I mean, they don't get away with it. The the doctor waves the sonic screwdriver ending hack terrible ending as it is because it's like that is is you don't even see anything happening that's the worst part about it it's not even cutting to things happening on earth as a result of what he's doing he's (laughs) literally just waving it around and then going it worked (laughs) (laughs) which which works in the invasion but not when you throw this much money as doctor who um (laughs) but like but like the reason that you have that is that there is no thematic ending. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess we can segue into the terrible voiceover here. But the reason the voiceover fails is they're like, it's because of the power of three. What the what the hell did Amy and Rory do at the end of this episode besides watch? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And, and that's why that's why this episode just kind of fails. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's not about anything. It starts so well being about... Amy and Rory trying to choose between what they want to do, like if they want to go with the doctor, if they want to go with real life and thematically nothing happens like that answer is there's no answer. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's. (laughs) Oh, man. And like and like that's that's the biggest problem. Like that's where that's where the whole thing just completely falls apart, because at the end of the day, what's this episode about? It's about nothing. Like it's about absolutely nothing. Um, and, and, and that's why, that's why the the thing is the ending. Also, I'll point out that the last time, I mean, not the last time, but Chibnall also did the Silurian two-parter, which the second episode of that in series five, the second episode of that opened and closed, I believe, with a voiceover narration from the Silurian doctor dude, Mm. TM Matt Smith. Um, and... (laughs) And like that back then Moffat came out and was like, I mean, I think he did an interview with Doctor Who magazine or something where he said this was done to uh, help make the story make sense and to move the plot along and to help clarify it where I felt it needed clarification. I believe the opening narration was an element of Chibnall's original story. I think that that was probably there. But the final bit, like, there was a rumor going around before they announced that the title was The Power of Three, that this episode was called Cubed. And I believe that this episode was called Cube until Moffat got to, like, final edits of this or got the first cut of this and was just like, I got nothing. And then came up with this notion of the power of three being light cubed. Because, like, when Amy mentions it in the in the, in the the voiceover, she's just like, that's what cubed meant. And I, I, I watched it two times and I was like, where did the cubed thing come from? Like, I don't remember. Like, was that even in the episode? And, and so Moffat... I feel like Moffat came in and just wrote in the closing VO at the end to try and tie this whole thing together. But the, but by hanging a lantern on it, he really just revealed that the Emperor has no clothes. Like, that's really all it does. And it's just like, it just makes the whole thing fall apart. And I've talked to a number of people who are also like, so great until the last 10 minutes. And then and they sucked. And then they did the voiceover. And that sucked harder. <laughs> and it's like and it's like it's not wrong and i said that to a dude and the, that was the first thing he said to me when he saw me the next day he was like you were totally right about those last 10 minutes and i was like well, thank you <laughs> but that's i mean that's what i think i think Moffat wrote it in like he wrote it in post amy rec- uh, karen gillen recorded it as some adr and it is really unfortunate um uh, really say it more heroically <laughs> the power of three. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like ugh. And that's oh. another adventure saved by the power of three. Yeah, because Amy and Rory did a whole lot there. Um They all pose. Yeah. Here's here's for my other no question. reason other yeah. than just to pose. <laughs> here's here's my other question. Um why did the spaceship steal a bunch of people from the hospital? That was my other question. Um, Because I don't know why they did that. I don't... I I mean... To study them harder? But why? You're killing them. Like, it's not like... To make sure that you kill them properly? 
But the boxes went down. Like your 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 no, plan I'm is just in- I'm just trying to think of some reason why yeah, that that yeah, would be and happening. I'm just poking holes in your paper thin thoughts. <laughs> but hey, you just like <laughs> I didn't write this episode. No, I know, I know. I'm uh, hard time. Um, but like I mean, I, okay, you can complain. I I saw people do this. People complained about the fact that <laughs> of all the places of all the places in the world, there are seven places, and one just happens to be Roy's Hospital. Look, I'm fine with that level of coincidence. It's when you start trying to be- make me believe that the hospital is important because people, because they're, they're body snatching from hospitals that I really just, <laughs> this really just falls apart for me. Like really, truthfully, falls apart for me. They're like, we, like, you know, the cubes aren't enough. We need a monster in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the monster was that hologram dude who did nothing except explain the point of the story. Oh God. <laughs> And okay, fine. Maybe, maybe this comes back later. Maybe this invasion comes back later. But I'll bet you like a hundred bucks. I'll bet anyone on this podcast a hundred bucks. These guys don't come back ever, like ever. So, so it's just like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? You set it up, and the doctor defeated them. Like, there's no, there, <laughs> there's no point to this. Like, this is just. It's just bad. Like, this is just really bad um, and really unfortunate. Um, it ruined an otherwise awesome episode. Oh, oh, God. How There were two phenomenal conversations between the Doctor and Amy in this episode. Yeah. Phenomenal. Like, so good. And, for, and, and they just get buried by the power of three. <laughs> Like completely, um, <sighs> and and like I'm sorry. I know we're leaving on a sour place, but that's what the episode did to me, guys. I'm sorry. That's what it did. Um, and if you liked it, I'm happy for you. I liked it as well, mostly. But all right. Well, I I want to do a little speculating on Angels Take Manhattan, or or maybe not speculating, but a little bit of uh, hopes and wishes. Uh, but before we do that. Uh, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com, which is the site that lets you order all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, uh, trade paperbacks, hardcovers. You can pre-order at like a like a deeper discount than even in-stock trades. Um, you place your orders uh, using the diamond mes- method with a pre-order at uh, three, two to three months in advance. Uh, some monthly discount specials are 75% off and then regular discounts are 40% off ship as often as you like, uh, with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. So, uh, the trailer for the angels take Manhattan, duh, didn't really tell me anything that I didn't already know. Um, so I didn't get like excited by the trailer or anything, but I do want to take this opportunity to say, like, what I'm hoping from the Angels Take Manhattan, which is the final uh, Pons episode. Uh, I really want a, and I'm not, and it's going to sound like I'm being facetious, but I'm not. <laughs> I want, <laughs> I want a. Outside of like the, 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 the horror stuff, and you could still do it because you can do like a grim thing. Um, but I want a really whimsical ending, really over the top whimsical ending for the pawns so that he can get it out of his system so our next companion won't need to be like that. <laughs> That's what I want. Like, if we end all of the crazy, stupid fairy tale stuff with. Amy and Rory, and we just close the book, no pun intended, maybe a little, close the book <laughs> on on the fairy tale of the ponds, uh, and and then we 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 start this next chapter with with whoever the new companion is, uh, and it's not a fairy tale. Like that's what I want. Like I want the ponds. They're 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 portion of the show to stand out as a very specific thing and then we move on that's what i want that's what i'm hoping for sure hopefully hopefully that happens um (laughs) no i'm really looking forward to this i feel like um 
I don't know. I feel like I've managed to somehow avoid a great deal of spoilers because I thought this trailer looked really excellent. Um, it looks like madness and it looks like a great use of the weeping angels. Um, which I mean, if you're going to bring them back, you better do them good. Uh, I also hope this is the insane third act of the, of the weeping angels and we don't need to do any more. Yeah. I really hope that after doing alien and aliens with the, with the weeping angels, this isn't alien three. I really hope that we (laughs) don't do that. Um, I hope that this is, Oh, what's a great third, third part to a, to a film franchise. Um, Oh wait, back, (laughs) back to the future three, maybe, um, Eh. <laughs> I just want I, I mean they definitely did Alien Aliens and now I just want the third act of Cabin in the Woods that's what yeah, I want let's, just, let's do that I mean it looks it looks fun it looks exciting hopefully there's a bunch of cool stuff in here that is really awesome and it uh, it wraps up their story well I mean Moffat himself I mean I don't know anything but Moffat has said that I'm killing someone this time I really mean it and it's like after you've we've seen him do Doctor Who stories for six seasons in which he's killed no one. Um, <laughs> he finally goes back on it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm i really looking forward to it, honestly. Um, I hope I enjoy it. I really do. Uh, I just – I think it's interesting because it doesn't feel like an ending based on the trailers, you know? Like yeah. I watched the trailers and I didn't get a sense of any kind of finality to it. Yeah, no, it's not like I mean, compare the trailer here to the to the trailer to like Doomsday or Army of Ghosts where it's like my name is Rose Tyler and you're like, "Oh crap." Yeah. Like like, "Oh crap. We're in, what's Oh no. What's going to happen?" Um or even or even Stolen Earth or End of Time. Anything. This is just like this is just like Moffat going. All right. I mean, hey, the, the angels w- are back. Oh yeah, the pawns might leave too. Uh, I mean, but which, hey, the which, angels which, are back. No, here is the whole trailer. Here is the whole trailer. Okay, angels, 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 angels. New York, angels, angels, angels. Tardis disappearing. Angels, angels. River song. Angels, angels, angels. And which like literally was just like a slow motion shot of them falling. Like that's that's your. That really just looks like they're jumping. Yeah, like it's just a little, like it's a little questionable. Like, I mean, God, for for God's sake, the ending to what was it? Episode two of Genesis of the Daleks was more convincing, and that was literally Sarah Jane winds up on a plank five feet below where they cut the footage. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's how that was resolved. And I was just like, I'm just watching it. It's like, it's just, it's just like Moffat has been saying for God going on like. Over a year now that the moth that the pawns are leaving, he's like they're leaving. It's gonna be sad, and the trailer does nothing to 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 convince me of that. Like Not nothing at all. And maybe Once he's a- maybe he's trying to keep it in the dark, and he just he wants to he wants to surprise us with a left hook. But uh, no, no, I- you know what it is. Once again, it's Moffat telling us a whole lot of things and showing us something else that completely discredits that. That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's just cro- like that is just chronic. This run like just yeah imperfect i mean because that he tells us so much he says so much about uh go back dr widow wardrobe dr widow wardrobe oh it's amazing watching this woman fly through the time vortex and it's like but you're you're saying that but i don't believe it this is the same like you're telling me that it's a big angels thing but you're not showing me like, for God's sake, there's no one watching this. No one. And if you didn't know this, I'm sorry. There's no one watching this who doesn't know that the pawns are leaving. I swear to God, if there's one person out there who doesn't know that the pawns are leaving, they must be like, they must not turn on the TV. They must not leave the house. They are probably like, inner what? Um, and they, they just, they don't know how, like, so play it up like why not play it up i don't understand like i don't understand like it just makes no sense to me but i'm really looking forward to it so that's <laughs> uh, uh yeah so angels the selling angels. point is not angels that is not the selling point of that episode i'm sorry no where is it manhattan right. <laughs> it's not no yeah no you're totally right and that's that's the thing that's the thing so Anyway, oh my god! Uh, so the episode uh, that <laughs> the selling point. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the selling point. Um, the episode that the selling point is not the Angels or Manhattan called the Angels Take Manhattan. <laughs> it's this Saturday. Uh, and that episode will come out on time. Uh, the, I mean the TDC episode that'll come out on Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, it turns out my computer died and then the world ended. Yeah. For Scott and me. Yeah. This week sucked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it really did. It mutually sucked for both oh, of us. Oh, there was a whole lot of mutual suck. And if you're wondering where the Mind Robbers is, it'll be back, but it'll be a couple of days A and B. It won't be back with what you're expecting. So Yeah. Yeah. But it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, on the other side of Angels Take Manhattan, we've got 42. So we're returning to uh, Chris David Chibnall. Tennant. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Chibnall. More Chris Chibnall. Hey, we're we're on welcome, every welcome. other kick of Chris Chibnall. Welcome back to the Chris Chibnall companion. And then oh. shortly after that, we'll be doing his two-parter, his Salerian two-parter. Yeah. Are we starting our revisit of of uh, yes? See, yeah. So so we're yes. going to do forty-two and the eleventh hour. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, followed by uh, and and just just assume we're going to be doing another episode of series five. I'm not going to keep repeating them. Uh, but we're going to do forty-two and the eleventh hour, followed by Day of the Daleks, which is a third Doctor story. The Macro Terror, which is a uh, Patrick Troughton story. Uh, Periods of Mars, which is a phenomenal fourth doctor story it's amazing it's outstanding it's from our it's from the era that we love my era yep yep oh hey i i it's starting to be my era too so (laughs) oh dude oh dude it's so good greatness in there um and then uh and then earth shock uh which is uh we're our return to peter davison um because we only get to talk about him every five classic who episodes so 10 actually I'm, 10. I'm sorry 10 i was staring at the number five <laughs> and it made me say it out loud uh yes every 10 episodes um so that's uh that's what we've got going on in the future and then of course the christmas special and whenever the back half of series seven happens sometime next year yeah, hopefully sure. not fall of next year which is a rumor i'm hearing <laughs> can you imagine can you imagine <laughs> what are, what did we get in t- what did we get between October what did we get between uh October of 2011 and July of 2013 five six episodes of Doctor Who six oh episodes my God. of Doctor Who seven sorry i forgot i again forgot the doctor the widow and the wardrobe <laughs> there's a reason for that i swear to god i swear to god i keep forgetting that story happened at least we won't forget about this year's christmas special like because it has a permanent bookmark in it yeah you know don't 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 count your chickens before they hatch dude like i'm just saying it has a permanent bookmark sure sure let's let's uh let's hope i don't forget it or let's (laughs) hope that it's not forgettable because every week on this show you're gonna be like so where did she come from i don't (laughs) i don't remember (laughs) <laughs> there's that christmas special oh oh right 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 wasn't yeah. there another one the year before there was <laughs> oh that's right that was the one about the forest and the trees and the and the walking so much walking and snow <laughs> it looked really cheap for the moffat era and it had those giant robots that didn't do anything in acid rain and a mention of andrew zani that was there just because you wanted to Reference the best Doctor Who story ever told, and it had a waste of a waste of two actors. Yeah, <sighs> I'm sorry. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. I mean, we're ten months removed from that at this point, right? Nine months? No, we're nine months removed from that at this point. And I, that that episode has not gotten any better at all. Period. Bottom line, it was not good. <laughs> so if you liked it, great. I'm sorry, it was not very good. Yeah. So. God, I just want Matt Smith to stop acting like the cat in the hat. <laughs> I just want that to stop. Yeah. I, anyway. I thought he was really good in this despite that. I thought he was really quite good in this one. but I thought he was a little over the top in, in points. Yeah. Yeah. They need, a, they need uh, Moffat era. Really just a little restraint. Just a little bit. I mean, really just pull it back a little bit. 
Just, just because you you want desperately to be rock stars doesn't mean you need to start acting like rock stars. You know, I'm really sad we didn't podcast during the Russell T. Davies era because that would have been a nonstop gush fest for me. I'm sorry. It would have been nonstop. Just like, man, wasn't this great? This was great. <laughs> oh, I love this. <sighs> I swear to God, guys, that's what it would have been. That's what it would have been. But I mean, if it was good, if a show, if the show was good, it's no different. It's like, it's like, why would you? It's like, it's like this is basically just us like live this is just us podcasting the seventh season of the office at this point like that's all it is that's all, <laughs> that's all it is no that's all it is because i mean uh, high points there's some but overall not very good not God, very good. i can't wait for the next next showrunner just because our, we're gonna get so many more negative itunes reviews when we like it more than the moffat era I can't believe they're giving these episodes positive reviews. Where's the whimsy? Am I right? One star. <laughs> and it's a, and it's a story about like talking toads or something. Like just Ugh. completely nuts. Oh god. Oh my god, kill this episode. Kill uh, this episode. All right, all right. All right. All right. All right. In the meantime, Matthew, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gungating. You can also find me on my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD commentary, where I live tweet things. Uh, <laughs> I would say that I live tweet Avatar The Last Airbender, but uh, I'm past that now. Um, I have one episode. I have the finale left to go, and those tweets are for Scott's eyes only, apparently, because uh, I'm saving it for the uh, podcast. Um you can also find my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I blog about Classic Who. I feel like it's been a while. Um, so recently we did um, Tear the Zygons, and this week, all this week, we're doing um, – uh, Oddly timely. Oddly yeah. timely. Oddly, oddly timely. Um, I, I mean, I didn't know. I just – I swear <laughs> to God I didn't know. Um, this That is not – that is not even the fifth time that's happened to you. No. God, no. No. I mean, I, we talked about – what was it? The blog and the podcast both talked about Battlefield on the day that Nick Courtney died. Like, it's just like the craziest. Like, Oh, my God. The timing of that blog. I, yeah, it's that, magical. I don't know yeah, how no, you do it. Cassandra, I look, man, here's the thing. I really just need to stop talking about Tom Baker and Peter Davison because lest they die in the middle of me typing stuff up. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I I really don't want them to die. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really it's really crazy. Like blogging a Sarah Jane story when Elizabeth Sladen dies. Um, just just being no being in the middle of watching Rebo's Operation, which is the first Romana story on the day that Mary Tam dies. Like that's crazy. I don't understand. Like that makes no kind of sense to me. That makes so no kind weird. Of, oh, it's bizarre. Um. Anyway, so this week we're also talking about the <laughs> we're talking about the Black Guardian trilogy, which is a trilogy of fifth Doctor stories, uh, Modern and Dead, Terminus, and Enlightenment. I blogged Modern and Dead, which is way better than I remember it being, and I loved it the first time. Uh, Cassandra's blogging Terminus, and she says it's really sh- sucky, um, so that sucks for her. But uh, this week I'm blogging also Enlightenment, which I hope will be even better than I remember it because I like I l- Terminus. See, I liked it too. But she said it was really boring, and I kind of want to rewatch it, but I don't think I'm going to have time. Um, well, we're, uh, I mean, we're going to rewatch it eventually. eventually. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to rewatch it like two years from now, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, those two years are great. Uh, <laughs> and in that time, seven episodes of New Who. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is the nice thing about not having a whole lot of new Who is the um is just the buckets and buckets of old Who that we can move through, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, so I'm talking about Enlightenment this week, and uh, it's something to look forward to. And then next week, oh, oh God, next week I'm talking about the Celestial Toymaker. So if you want to see me swear on the internet, that's a place to go. <laughs> uh, or you could turn into tune into the Mind Robbers, where we swear like sailors. Yeah. Oh, so, so bleeping much. So bleeping much. Uh, I almost said it, but then I was like, you wouldn't bleep it in post, so I didn't. Um, appreciate hey, I that. bleeped my curse word a couple episodes ago. Oh, did you really? Yeah. That tells you how much I listened <laughs> I just have so much. Look, Harmontown is really addicting, guys. It's really addicting. Isn't it? 
Oh my god, it's so good. Erin uh, McAfee joined them on the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, I love her. I love her uh, so much. Oh, she's great. No, uh, oh god. Oh, the best part about that. Uh, sorry, everybody. The best part about that was when they had the giant fight. And they turned it into exactly what Dan Harmon was talking about. I was like, this is incredible. Like, how did yeah. they do this? Oh. Oh, I man. love them. Oh, they're so great. So, yeah, <laughs> check out my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. I want to invite them to dinner parties. You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. All right, guys. I don't do any extracurriculars. Well, I do, but I can't tell you any of you about them yet. So, oh my god, this episode went on for way too long. Uh, look, look, we're just trying to give them a miserable ten minutes. That's that's our goal. Everyone, everyone turned it off. Everyone turned this off. If you if you left it on, you should like email us and tell us that you left it on. Please, just podcast at my All right, guys, bye. Bye.